By the time you see the stars in the skies, they already burnt out. Same way these dudes be shining, but been burnt out. But we don't change as we get stuck in our ways. We just act like we agree so we can end the exchange. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's, and we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. 87737-GRIND. Um, also, keeping it moving, uh, NFL-related. Let me see, who else did I have other game that I want? Oh, how can I forget? Um... Kansas City uh, went on and they defeated the Patriots as Patrick Mahomes' frustrations continue to show over Tony, the receiver. Tony, Tony, Tony has done it again. Um, look, you know, Kansas City Chiefs, they did what they had to do. Um, I do believe New England has started to play a little bit better. Uh, with Zappy, and even though Zappy made a crucial interception uh, when the game was kind of still in the balance of a one-score game at the time and just gave Kansas City a short field and just really just screwed it up and then basically stretched it out, you know, to a 10-point game at the time. Uh, but the cameras, kind of like the whole Sean and Russ situation, which um, we'll revisit here shortly because Jonas has let me know that there's been some uh, – statements and comments made uh from some uh former a former player what i definitely want to address uh but it was caught on cameras with patrick mahomes you know talking to his coordinator talking to whoever like hey and and you know me i pride myself being on a good uh, lip reader i didn't spend too much you know like breaking down the sabruta film trying to figure this out uh what patrick said but i know one of the things he says like what do you want me to do or what am i supposed to do uh, meaning to the point to where he's done everything to try to help Tony and have confidence in them. Um, look, let's make this real simple. The only reason why Tony is still in the, you know, Andy Reid can talk about not giving up on a player or we're not, we still have confidence and we do this. Let's keep it real. The only reason why Tony's still in the starting lineup or he's still getting number, you know, his number called up they don't have no other options. That's the reality. It's hard for them to hold them because if you really talking and look, Kansas City at this point where they're at, um, it's about titles. It's about Super Bowls. It's about really trying to solidify and really basically put the doubters who don't really think it is a dynasty yet or whatever, put them to bed. It's about rings and Super Bowls. It's not about, you know, dominating the AFC West. It's not about how many people you can beat up on in the division. It's about Super Bowl. So, therefore, if you're in this situation and you've given this guy, first of all, he had a lot of red flags with the Giants and when they traded for him. I mean, they spent a first-round pick on him and was willing to part ways with him for three. And it was just about, hey, we got to go. Whatever that red off the field, locker, whatever the case might be surrounding him. So you already have that coming in Kansas City, and you have these type of performances. If you're all about competing for Super Bowls, which Kansas City and Andy Reid is, why wouldn't this guy be benched by now? To even send a message to the rest of the team or him like, hey, this is not acceptable. You know why? Because they don't have any other choices at this point in 2023 and this season. They really don't. I said it a few weeks ago. This is something that is not 
fixable when it comes to the point of um, is there something we can change that's going to make this more fluent? Now, the offense looked a little bit better, uh, you know, against New England, which, you know, Bill, this team has been horrible offensively, but their defense has still performed pretty decent, especially over the last couple of weeks. So Kansas City against a formidable defense, their offense looked a bit better. But you still saw some things other than the, you know, drop, well, really the deflection that caused Patrick interception with Tony. You have seen some things that I've been talking about even in that game. Travis Kelsey, for example. Travis tried to sell and dupe on the referees on a PIT when basically at the end of the day, he that first of all, it wasn't a PIT. He had a drop pass that would have been a touchdown, but he didn't because you know why? Because he thought he was going to get lit up. And as and like I said, the more you play in this game and the lower you get and you start talking about retirement and all that, the less you don't really want to get hit. And I think that has a lot to do, bring a circle. Honestly, that has a lot to do with Russell Wilson's fumbles. Because I think a lot, I've never had, I've never remember Russ having a fumble problem like this in Seattle. But every time he gets hit, he can't hold on the ball, he's fumbling. So um, Kansas City did what they did. Um, I don't believe, look, it, they're, they're going to be playing a road playoff game. And Patrick Mahomes has yet to win a road playoff game in his career in the playoffs. And they're going to, and to get to Las Vegas, they're going to have to do that on the road this year. They are going to have to, whether it's the AFC Championship game or the divisional round, they're going to have to win a ball game on the road. And again, as far as I can see it, you're never going to count out Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. But the question you have to ask yourself, is this team good enough offensively to win a road game? That's really what it that's really what it boils down to. Are they good enough to win a road game offensively? Only time will tell. But that blow up there, I mean, I'm pretty sure when they come back and meet with the media tomorrow and Wednesday or this Wednesday, he'll be asked that question again at Patrick Mahomes. What did you say? What's the deal? But they can sit there and try to talk up Antonio all they want to and build confidence. His actions, actions speak louder than the words, man. And to be honest with you, he should have been benched and he should have his time should have been cut back, but they have no alternative to go to. 877-37-GRIND. Keeping it moving also the 49ers. Speaking of keeping it moving, they keeping it moving. They have another beatdown over the Cardinals, 45 to 29. Um, as they keep marching toward that number one seed in the road of the playoffs, going through Levi Stadium. Um the talk in this one, look. I do believe, you know, the Colin Murray situation is very interesting in Arizona, but I do believe they're going to probably run with Colin Murray at least for another year. Just with that contract, you almost have to. Uh, but I do believe in their head coach, and I think that I see what they're building. They're building something in Arizona. I think he's legit. I think when you look at, you know, um, it's Gannon, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. When you look at Gannon and you look at Steichen, it's obviously the Phillies missing both of those guys. Regardless of them sitting at 10 wins already and only having three losses, they missed those two individuals. And that's why the theme of this year, I kept preaching coaching matters. Um, so despite that little beatdown they got in Arizona, I really, I've watched this team over the course of the month, especially since Kyler Murray's been back. Uh, Gannon's, they're, they're building something. I think Arizona's going to be back being competitive here very sooner than later. Uh, for the 49ers, I mean, they've got two, whether you disagree or agree, they've got two MVP candidates. And Christian McCaffrey and with Brock Purdy. 
I think Brock Purdy is really, you know, pushing the envelope when we talk about, you know, can a guy that we think is because of the things around him and the coaching he gets, can he really break that stigma based off his completion percentage and the throws that he's making? Can he really break that mold and go and win the MVP? I mean, think about it, the last guy picked in a draft to eventually that that is something that we we want I don't believe, you know, Jonas's age, five years younger than Jonas, my age, 10 years old. I don't think we're seeing that in our lifetime again, if that happens. But if there's ever a year that a non-quarterback is going to win this award, wouldn't you think this could probably be the year that it could be justified in regards to Christian McCaffrey at the running back position? And wouldn't that be ironic, the last non Quarterback to win this award was Adrian Peterson, a running back. What do you got? We've already kind of seen it. Well, he wasn't the last pick in the draft, but Kurt Warner, of course, MVP, undrafted, uh, Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP. Uh, he's he's the last. Uh, well, notables, um, mm. un, undrafted players to win MVP. Uh, as far as Okay, MVP. We have two awards when we get to award season. Um, Offensive Player of the Year and MVP. Okay, right now, Brock Purdy. It's trending on Twitter. MV Purdy. Um, Brock Purdy is minus one ninety to take home the MVP. But when you flip over to the Offensive Player of the Year, which of course Purdy plays offense, Christian McCaffrey is minus one fifty. With Tyreek Hill at plus 105, you don't get down to plus uh, 7,500 for Brock Purdy to be the best offensive player, despite the fact that he would be MVP. Is it because he's just the the thing that keeps it all going, and that's why he's the most valuable player in that offense? Is because we we don't know what their record would look like. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey is the best offensive player on that team. But because you have to have somebody to orchestrate the whole offense, is that why you would give the uh, the MVP to Purdy, maybe, or the voters would? I mean, I mean, if you if you just start start from the standpoint of the where the odds lie compared to uh, offensive player of the year and the MVP, I think it kind of supports more than just keep it going because at the end of the day, um, you know, I said it last week on the show. 49ers, we saw what the 49ers looked like without Trent Williams, Debo, and Ayuk, and even Chris McCaffrey. There was a stretch where Brock Purdy had to go out there like that, and it didn't look good. Um, We've also seen mm -hmm. that offense with those same key players with a different quarterback in Trey Lance, and it didn't look like it does either. No, that's that's not a fair comparison. I mean, Trey Lance, Jonas, never got really an opportunity, whether it's because of health or whatever, to even flourish to what he's been in this. I mean, Brock Purdy already comp- completed almost a full season at starting quarterback last year. I think the argument against him, and I don't know where I heard this, which is true, but I, it kind of goes along with what I said last week. Like, if your argument – I mean, me personally, uh, first of all, I think that if Tyreek Hill – was able to stay healthy, which he already missed one game, and he would have broke 2,000. I think you could arguably make him the non-quarterback to really be MVP. Because if you take him, and now granted, 
like I said in the first hour of the show, I thought it could be a blessing in the skies down the road that Miami had to play this game without Tyreek Hill because it got Waddle, which can go. Got other guys having to get involved, and they show they could still put up points against a defense that's not, you know, chopped liver. Speaking of the Jets, I mean, they're a bad football team, but the defense really isn't. Um, if I look at it through the lens, I and again, I'm jaded because as much as I've talked up the 49ers over the years and much as I've talked up Kyle Shanahan, just like everything else gets graded on the curve, I can't, like, I've seen when you, I mean, I'll go even more, like, with but not Trey Lance. I've seen this and seen a season that's been remarkable under Kyle Shanahan and Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan won the MVP with Kyle Shanahan. What the hell did Matt Ryan, I mean, he had good years prior to Kyle Shanahan showing up. I mean, I watched Matt Ryan in Boston College. I mean, I'm not telling you Matt, like Kyle Shanahan made Matt Ryan, but it's no coincidence his best only MVP year was the year he was offensive coordinator in Atlanta. I've said this a hundred times in the show. He had Matt Schaub was in MVP conversations when he was playing quarterback at Houston because of the numbers. So I'm, and a lot of these voters are old. Like some of them are kind of around my age, a little bit younger, maybe some of these voters that got votes in the media that vote for this stuff, they're older than me. And so therefore, it's like I've seen this a little bit before. So what I'm saying is that I think you give Brock Purdy for being credit because he has to put the ball there, his accuracy, his completion percentage. But what Christian McCaffrey is doing from the running back position, I haven't seen another like Devon, like who was I think it was um Devontae Freeman and who have they had a two-headed monster that year in Atlanta in the running back position because I remember I was taking hell on the airways because I picked Atlanta going in the Super Bowl I said ain't nobody touching Atlanta and they had a two-headed monster at the running back position so I have seen running backs in this particular system that Kyle Shanahan is running I've seen running backs flourish I've seen some great ones uh flourish there's one of them that's in the Hall of Fame and a two-time Super Bowl champion and Mr. Terrell Davis in this same system but what Christian McCaffrey is doing, and we've seen Christian McCaffrey ball out in Carolina, but what he's doing with the 49ers and how important I do think he is still, I, I would give the nod to Christian McCaffrey over I would Brock. And, and, and I'm not telling you that's fair, but at the end of the day, man, you get graded and prejudged on circumstances. And I think that's where Brock is. Now, will I be shocked if they give him to him? No, because I think to go bring back full circle to answer your phone, uh, your your uh, question, Jonas, is, well, what does that tell you if it's high? No, it just tells me it proves what people think, that it's a quarterback award if they gave it to him. I mean, if you figure like the offense, like it would be probably a quarterback award if you say, well, how can Chris McCaffrey be this favorite here? But it's Brock because they consider it a quarterback award. But let me tell you, if you are a 49ers backer or a 49ers fan, that is a great problem you want to have. Have people in the media and on radio arguing about two MVP candidates that's in the top three probably in voting that are both on your, squ your squad. That's a tip to the hat to uh, number one, Mr. John Lynch. And then it goes down to the coaching with Kyle Shanahan and the rest of the guys. But um, there's some football to play. I mean, what happens if Lamar Jackson goes out and balls out against the 49ers this week? He's plus 450 right now. And that might be good value. Because what he saw last night, and if he goes to Levi Stadium and he beats the 49ers, he ain't got to beat them down. But if he beats them and, and he has good numbers and he wins out, Lamar could get it. Lamar could get it. But I think if you poll Lamar Jackson, Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey, 
Tyreek Hill. Dak Prescott, if you want to throw him in there, even though I think he took a hit, they'd all tell you, man, yeah, the MVP's nice. We want that Larry O'Brien. We want not the Larry O'Brien. They got to go play basketball. We want the Lombardi, and we want it in the desert. That's what they would tell you, those guys that's really competed for it now. They want the right seating. They want to go win. But having an MVP to your mantle, I mean, it's going to help. It didn't hurt, especially money-wise. It don't really hurt, you know. But, um, but no, Brock's playing good football, man. I mean, you can't take that away from him, but I know who's calling the plays. And, I, and I've seen him even before where he showed up at the Bay. Um, there's something to that, man. Because like I've told you, Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, out of Iowa State, gets drafted by probably 30 any other teams. Brock Purdy's not even in the conversation right now. I don't even know if Brock Purdy's playing football in December. He might be on a roster, but I don't even know if he's out on the field in December. Just my opinion. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports crime. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to choosetiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind. All right, back here on the sports grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing Spin the One and Twos. Today's show was presented by Dosecchi's, and we have been broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. And this last segment of the day is going to be sponsored by Zing Zang. Two words, a key to any perfect cocktail, and that is Zing Zang. Make sure you try out all their pre-made alcoholic drinks that come in a lot of different flavors. And keep in mind, they still have their blazing Bloody Michelada uh, Bloody Mary mix as well, too. But whatever you do, don't forget to Zing Zang responsibly. That is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the sports crime. All right. Um... So tonight we've got the uh, before we move, we've got the Monday Night Football matchup tonight. 
I had that one in the car too. We need this one tonight just to get a two or four weekend. Uh, kind of cooled off this weekend, but still overall pretty pleased about the last two or three weeks. We'll try to figure, finish strong. Might dive back into college as we get into the bowl uh, seasons. And if you're just tuning in, like I said, the beginning of the top of the show, uh, we will be here until this Thursday. Uh, and then we will be off the rest of the year and then coming back at the start of the new year. So um, we'll be fitting in some, you know, week long shows really in uh, Wednesday and Thursday. Um, but that just want to make that announcement in case you're just tuning in uh, to the program. Um, but what do you have real quick? Hold on. Well, looking at tonight's game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tonight. I wanted to talk about tonight because um, I had it on the card. And, you know, now, you know, it kind of broke out the news yesterday before noon kickoffs that uh, Jalen Hurts uh, did travel separately with the team um, to Seattle. Uh, that's how sick he was. He kind of been battling something. He became very ill Friday. So when they left, you know, for Seattle, he they made him fly, you know, across a, a different plane. Now, I had a buddy of mine text like, man, that's how he might got COVID. And I'm thinking like, we back there. And then I talked to somebody business-wise today, and I know some people that are dealing with uh, COVID outbreaks at their workplace and stuff. So I'm not telling you that's what it is. It hasn't been reported as that. Uh, but he was listed and changed as questionable. Um, for tonight's game. So I don't know if we have an update or what the word is or what. Jalen Hurts is in the building. Uh, we've got video of him walking down the tunnel, mm-hmm. uh, getting ready to go, go in the locker room. So he's got his game face on and no official word as to his game status. Again, we know he was questionable, mm-hmm. um, but he's in the building now. Well, I figured if that's the news and, and you know, we're already, you know, at 337 Mountain Time, 437 um Central Standard Time, he he's going to – I felt when the news came out, and, you know, I've told you, in reports to me in the NFL, whether it's injury, illness, whatever the case may be, um, there's questionable, there's probable, and there's doubtful. Well, let me let – me, let me, uh, and, and also there's just out. And I think where the way I've always graded, if they've got somebody as questionable – um, especially at the quarterback position, that they have them still there with about two to three hours before kickoff time, and we're less than probably we're less than three hours away from kickoff time. He's probably going to play. I thought he was going to play last night. Now, what effort he's going to get? Can he last the four quarters? We don't know. Are they going to have to go with Mar- uh, they're going to have to go with Mariota um, off the bench? We don't know. But I think Jalen always felt that he wasn't extremely ill. Um, and obviously it's not COVID because it was COVID. They wouldn't be letting him play, um, that he would be able to give it a go. I just think he's that type of character. And at the end of the day, you know, Philly, you know, they are where they are. They're heading to the playoffs. Um, they, they hurt their chances with the Dallas, um, you know, loss over the last couple of weeks of that home field advantage, but they're not totally out of it yet. They got some still to play for in seating. So, and not only that, you want to get some good vibes with this team, going into the playoffs. They haven't really looked that crisp offensively uh, all year, but especially in the last few games. And I think that you want to get, you know, that taste out of your mouth. Um, So I really think he's going to go. How effective he's going to be, we'll see. On Seattle's side of things tonight, um, you know, Geno has been banged up. I know we saw Drew Locke here just a week or so ago. Um you know, they're not eliminated yet. Um, well, speaking of Seattle, um, what is their record, Jonas, Seattle's record? Off the top of the head, where are they sitting at? 
let me pull that up because I'm trying to think if they've got because I don't know if they're quite at the seven win mark yet or not. Um, uh, they are six and seven. Yeah, I didn't know they were. Yeah, six and seven. I don't know, man. I, I you know I've got Philly tonight. Uh, you know, I've took them because, uh, and not only that, I think the reason why he's probably playing because that line hasn't moved. The last time I checked, they're still at three points. Well, it slid to what four. Is, well, it's actually been bet up then because it because it opened up at three and three. So I saw it at three and a half earlier, and then now we're at four. Live four four is the live line. Well, in the last four or five days, and it's jumped up a point because um, yeah, I, it could have been three and a half, and now it's four. We put it out at three. Uh, on the card because that's when I saw it. It was there, but that lets. But the bottom line, the point I'm getting to, it wouldn't be moving in that direction if Jalen Hurts wasn't playing, um, especially on the road in Seattle. For Seattle stake, I don't know. I don't know if they're getting there uh, as a wild card. Um, you know, again, it's going to depend on how these. You know, now they win tonight. Now, of course, that keeps their hopes alive. <clears throat> but really, when I look at Seattle, man. Um, Again, there could be a there's always one surprise move at the end of the the season from a franchise and an organization from a coaching standpoint. And I think Pete Carroll, uh, which is a Hall of Fame coach, I've got a, I've always liked Pete Carroll. Um, but this could be a situation to where. There could be a mutual – this could be a surprise to people after see, especially if they don't get a playoff spot. Um, this could be a surprise move where they mutually agree to go their different directions. Uh, Pete Carroll is not no spring chicken. Uh, he's older, and it's in that old business of what have you done for me lately. If you even go back to the last year of Russell Wilson when he was playing at Seattle when he hurt his thumb and he missed those games, they didn't make the playoffs that year. They didn't make the playoffs last year. Or did they? Did they make the playoffs last year? I'm ninety eight percent. You, I might be right. You might be right. Who did they go? Who did they lose to? You have to ask me who they lose to. But I think you're right, Jonas. I think they did get in uh, last year. I think you're right on that. Um, the question I would say: Did they get a playoff victory, or who they lost to if they did get in last year? Uh, but this year, if you don't get into the playoffs, you have to ask yourself. I mean, if you look at if you're the owner of the Seattle Seahawks, which from everything I've heard, I mean, I know Pete Carroll has had a great relationship uh, over the years. You haven't really heard of any type of negativity between him and ownership. Um, but the reality of it is, if you are an owner, you have to ask yourself, how far are we away from Seattle, uh, from San Fran? Can we beat them? Are we going in the right direction to beat them? They still have question marks at the quarterback position. And that trade that 95% of people thought that they won a year ago because of the coaching circumstances, you can make an argument that that, that trade is not as lopsided or maybe not a true winner as what it looked like this time last year. Because they haven't really in those pieces. I mean, again, Tyreek Woolen, San Antonio, UTSA, birds up own, um, had a heck of a rookie year. Uh, he's fallen off a little bit this year. I think he's been banged up as well, too, some here and there. But their secondary is underachieved. And they, regardless of, I put Geno's contract very, the numbers that came out, I put it very similar to, in my opinion, the situation that the Giants did with Daniel Jones. I think, you know, 
Geno Smith was rewarded for two things. One, he's a veteran in this league of 10 years more. Number two, they didn't really have another solution. And Drew Locke, who they traded for, could not win the job and could not beat out, you know, Geno Smith. And third, Geno Smith, this goes back to what I tell you, when you're a good guy and you've handled yourself, I know he had some rough, you know, couple years coming out of West Virginia and New York when he was drafted by the Jets, you know, some type, he was very young and mature, but for the most part, he's been a professional. If the circumstances align, you can get rewarded for that. But the type of contract they gave him, they, he's not the future of the Seahawks. Not if you're talking about where, when you talk about you playing a division with John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. And then not only that, I've told you, I've gotten more respect from Sean McVay this year than I did when he won the Super Bowl. With having really no picks over the last few years, an older quarterback, uh, your, your best defensive player is aging, not saying that he's playing like that, he's still seeing double teams. A Puka Nakua out of left field. And I thought this was a guy that wasn't going to be stomaching a rebuild or retool. You got Sean McVay that's not going anywhere unless he takes that Amazon money. If you're the Seattle Seahawks and you missed the playoffs this year, sometimes it is time to turn the page. It really is. And it doesn't mean that Pete Carroll can't coach or he sucks at coach. It could be time for a change. What have you done for me lately? Especially when the bar is set two Super Bowl trips in three. Legion of Boot, one Super Bowl win. Legion Room, having that stable franchise quarterback as the face of the franchise. They're not there right there. They're, they're not there yet. And I don't know how close they are going to be there anytime soon. So I would just say that's a surprise one. And we talked about it in August about Pete Carroll and th could this be the year. And I said, say, hey, this could be an, a watch out for his name. And again, I'll put Pete Carroll, not accomplishment-wise, not the run, but I put him in the breadth of a bill when it comes down to it's going to be handled with class. It's not going to be, you're not going to come in here if it's Black Monday or the first weekend I end up being right, they do do a different direction. It's not going to be Pete Carroll was fired from Seattle. It's not, I doubt it is going down like that. That's not what I'm saying. What do you got? A couple of notes here. They did make the playoffs last year. Okay. Lost the wild card round. They made it a nine and eight. Lost the wild card round to those San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. Um, now, when you look at their, they're on a four game skid right now, heading into tonight. Uh, nobody envies the schedule they've had. Uh, in in two of the previous three weeks, they played the 49ers. Uh, so that that's just tough. They play them every year. They're in the division. I, I under, but yeah. the, the 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 division scheduling of two and three weeks, and I know every team has gone through it, but it's tough. Um, so on their four game slide, they lost to the Rams in L.A., lost to the Niners at home in Seattle, then the Cowboys in Jerry World, and then the Niners uh, at at Niners um, last week, and then uh, they've lost five of their last six, going back to getting stomped by the Ravens to open November before they rebounded against the commanders. Um, so they've, they've been on a slide. They do kind of hold their future in their own hands. Of course, tonight's a big one. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's a conference win, which is always important when you get down to the tiebreakers and everything like mm -hmm. that too. But you're at Titans, you host the Steelers, and then you're at Cardinals for your final three. So you might just have to take one more uh, pill to swallow tonight against the Eagles. Of course, Geno Smith is questionable coming in. They've elevated Sean Mannion off the practice squad to potentially back up Drew Locke, if that gives you any kind of realm as to where they might be thinking on Geno. And then you get to finish, maybe, you know, hopefully finish strong Titans, Steelers, Cardinals. Um, 
If Geno's listed at questionable, I would think he's playing. If they're serious about trying to make the playoffs, they're, he, he should be playing uh, if he's listed questionable. Um, at the end of the day, man, when I look at this team, they're, they're not that close to San Francisco. And I don't know if they're that close to where they're at or the Rams might have get back some draft pick goals. All I'm telling you, the way things are going, it's, it's a legitimate question. Because for one, I've seen blowups. I mean, I mean, everybody and their mama talking about Sean and basically Russ. I would sit there and say, I didn't come here and talk about it, but last week or two, DJ Metcalf had a meltdown. DJ, no one can control DJ, DJ Metcalf. DK has melted down like yeah, five times, and, and, and he's he's out of control. They can't control him. He's out of control. Kyle Shanahan, rumors has it. Kyle Shanahan told the team, I'll get a Christmas, or somebody gets a Christmas gift or a gift gift if you can get DJ Metcalf an unsportsmanlike conduct or get him ejected game. What happened that game? He got ejected because he lost his cool. He was talking to her, whatever. I'm just telling you, every place, there is a such thing where you can hang around too long. It don't matter if you're a good coach or not, and the message is just not getting through anymore. Now, you can look at, and, and again, to be fair, that's why I go back and say, the Pittsburgh Steelers, there is something. I've watched Pittsburgh for a long time, and I've watched them since Thomas got there. Games like Saturday, with back, those are games that they damn sure don't blow a 13-point lead. Something's going to, it could be as simple as like, yo, we need a fresh start. Because I think the Pittsburgh fans and some of the media, they're writing these articles. Oh, hey, Tom, and you know, I, I forgot what he writes for. I saw one guy say, hey, it's like the Andy Reid thing in Philly. Even though we knew there was a chance Philly could, Andy could go have other success. If Tom is going to have success somewhere else, go let him go. I think we need a change. Some people just want a fresh or better air, and it could be that situation where Tom looks at it. Because I can tell you this out of Tomlin, Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick, I would be totally shocked if all three of those guys are coaching again at the same place where they're coaching right now in 2023. And I just named three of the most tenured coaches in the National Football League right now. Now, if I was a betting man, which I'm not, I would probably put my chips, most of my chips would be on Bill, set, which is not going to be an easy decision as everybody thinks. Chip number two would folk go to Pete Carroll. I'd still put Mike Tomlin last because just the way the Rooney operates. And I think it's another one. Tomlin going, if Tomlin feels he's lost, like whether Ben's talking about the magic, the Pittsburgh mystique is gone or it's it, whatever. If Tomlin really believes that, Tomlin, man, Tomlin be the type that hit the door. They wouldn't have to tell him to leave. He would know that, hey, it's time for a different voice here. It's time to go. Those could be some storylines that we're talking about when it comes toward after we complete week 18 games. But I think tonight, I think this is an important game for both. I think Philly, um, you know, this is the wrong time of the year. If you talk about going into the playoffs or dropping two out of your last four, three out of four, you, you know, the last time on national television, they were embarrassed in, in Dallas. Um, I think this is one of those that they've got to find a way to get back. And I think both of, both games, we know Philly's going into the playoffs. Seattle's trying to get there, but they're important for both teams tonight, in my opinion. Because if Seattle loses tonight, I don't think they're going to the playoffs. And those questions about Pete Carroll could be questioned and be valid. And I feel that Eagles, if they don't win tonight, 
what kind of momentum are you really going to build? And you could be cracking and leaking oil at the wrong time of the year in the month of December. When you're talking about having to go too far. Keep in mind, man, you know, um, Philly has taken two drummings in, in this month. By a combined score of 40 to something. I mean, they got their ass kicked by the 49ers and they got their ass kicked by Dallas. The only team this year that ain't really dealt with an ass whooping, and that's the 49ers. And when you talk about that threesome in the NFC. So uh, it is going to be a good one tonight. I mean, I'm no 12th man to be ready to rock and roll and go. But I'm anticipating both quarterbacks going to be playing tonight. How effective they will be, um, I don't know. Drew Locke, he, he's, he's not the answer. Drew Locke, he is the poster child of his career was ruined before it even started by the organization at the time that took him the way the foundation was broken already in the organization in Denver. He's really up against He'll be a backup most of the rest of his life if he stays in the field. And he won. Drew, make a lot, Drew made a lot of money uh, being a high pick. And being a good guy, I mean, compared to if he never takes a stab at a starter, again, I'm not going to feel too sorry for him. Um, 877-37-GRIND. Oh, Basketball, uh, the Nuggets are hosting the Mavericks tonight. That'll be an interesting one on the docket. Um, I think the Spurs are off tonight. I don't think they play uh, tonight. Correct. It's a travel day. They're playing the Bucks tomorrow. Mm, okay. Okay, old Milwaukee. Um, Pistons hope to end the losing against the Hawks. That's going to be a tough, got a tough one. one against the Sixers. We got Lakers and Knicks tonight as well. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, LA will be um, hosting the New York Knicks, so we'll have that. I don't think no Manning cast tonight, though, right? I think they've been going hard to pay. I don't think you have a Manning cast tonight, but I'm not sure on that one. Anyway, all right, man. That is a wrap for this Monday. Uh, special thanks to the producer of the show, Mr. Jonas Clark, uh, San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, Lubbock, people up in Tyler, people up in the Shaw City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down in Laredo. When that alarm goes off tomorrow morning for you at the snooze button and for you out the rack, just ask yourself. You grind in peace. See you tomorrow. When life sounds too much like this, it's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging, it's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please drink responsibly. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, 
Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and Seafood Lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 